All right, welcome back to the Big Texas Podcast presented by Texas Young Republicans. I am your host, Jordan Overturf, coming back to you from extended hiatus, uh, summer break, conventions going on, uh, a little bit of technical difficulties we'll get to in a minute. But uh, we are back. We are bringing more candidates to you in the run up to Election Day. And uh, here's your first quiz. When is Election Day? No, I I know you guys know this. Uh, We are 53 days away from Election Day on Tuesday. November 3rd. We're a month and two days away from the start of early voting here in Texas. That starts on October 13th and goes all the way through October 30th. And if you are new to Texas or you've been around and you haven't ever voted, uh, now's the time to get registered. Your registration deadline uh, is Monday, October 5th. Again, if you want to get registered to vote in this great state, you need to do so by Monday, October 5th. So that way you can be prepared for election day on November 3rd. Those of you who are already prepared, uh, registered, ready to go, uh, you can vote early, October 13th through the 30th. Again, do it. It's going to be important this cycle. It's going to be crazy out there, people not knowing what to do. So uh, cut down on the time it takes you to get out there and do your civic duty, right? Uh, Go early vote October 13th through 30th. Uh, My guest today is Monica De La Cruz Hernandez, uh, and I have to first thank her for joining me and apologize for the delay. Uh, She actually joined me a couple weeks ago when uh, the RNC convention was going on, and so we talked a little bit about that, and then, of course, I had some technical difficulties, uh, so I appreciate her and her campaign being patient. Um, I know they got so much energy over there that they got plenty more to do than worry about this podcast, but here we go. Uh, Thank you so much to Monica for joining us. I appreciate each and every one of you for turning into the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Miss Monica De La Cruz Hernandez. First off, how are you? How is Team Monica? How's the campaign going right now? Excellent. Thank you so much for having me. First, I'm excited to be here. Team Monica is excited, motivated, hitting the ground running, and we are ready to win in November. So we are pumped up. That's great to hear. I, I mean, I, I love hearing enthusiastic candidates at this point, right? You've been waiting for so long to get to this point, and now you're on the road to November 3rd. Before we get there, though, let's take it back a bit for uh, our audience who is not familiar with you or your campaign. You know, they're not there in Texas 15 watching things as they progress. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and experience? was um, born, or I am born, here in the Rio Grande Valley, and I'm born and bred border girl. Our district, I think it's important to highlight, starts right here on the border in McAllen, Texas, and then travels up to 281, encompassing eight counties, and ending on the north side in Guadalupe County, which is the district right in between San Antonio and Austin. So it's eight counties. Now, a little bit about myself personally, not only am I born and bred in the Rio Grande Valley, but my grandfather served honorably in the United States Navy in World War II. My brother served honorably 20 years in our United States Air Force, so we're a military family. We love our country. I have been blessed 
to take advantage of the American dream. And my husband and I own three successful small businesses, again, right here in our district. And so we are proud to be on this journey because my husband and I both come from simple beginnings. My mother raised me as a single mom, raising both myself and my brother. We don't have a political background. She was actually a social worker for DHS. And then um, my, my husband was actually raised by his father as a single dad oil field worker. So I can tell you that we encompass what Texas is really about, just hardworking Texans who um, struggle through life to get what they want to. And let me tell you, there is strength in struggle, and we are grateful for the opportunity that's in front of us to get to the American dream. And so now through lots of hard work and integrity, we're proud business owners, and now we are going to the next stage in our life, which is fighting for our constitution and to keep America great. So you've had a, a pretty long race. Uh, when did you start your your initial race for, for primary? And have you always been focused on the general? You know, uh, w- when did you start in this campaign and what has been kind of your driving force uh, throughout the process? So we started and kicked off our campaign in October of last year. And you know, my focus was twofold is, number one, always the general election is to win. But I had a tough primary. You know, I had two great Christian men that I was running up against who um, are hardworking men that um, had a lot of the campaign experience that I didn't have. I've never run run for a political position, and both of my opponents had run for political positions. They had a political background, and so it was a tough race because I was a newbie, and um, we fought hard in the primaries and really won the popular vote in the primary, but didn't quite get over that hump that was needed to win the candidacy in the primary and so we went to a runoff and let me tell you that most people consider a oh man gotten to run off that really stinks but for me specifically because i didn't have that political background and my opponent did we think that it was a blessing for us it gave us time to step back uh take inventory it got my base really motivated, where before they were online warriors, right? Well, now they actually started to get involved on the groundwork at a time that was very sensitive, COVID. So we had the time to figure out how are we going to sharpen our sword for the election war? How are our soldiers going to do this with us? And now we've got to do it during COVID. So for me, and my team, it was a blessing because, you see, we had to run a very, very tight campaign. We had to run it with COVID. So we've already had that experience. We're now for the general election. My opponent has not. Mm-hmm. So what keeps us motivated are two things. I guess what, what 
motivated me initially was fear. Fear that my kids are not going to have the same American dream opportunity that I had growing up and that I have still growing up because I'm still getting older, but that my kids are not going to have the same American dream opportunities that I had. So number one, fear was the first motivator. What keeps me engaged now are really seeing my kids' opportunity in front of me and that silent majority no longer being silent. They are rising. They are stepping up. They are out there saying, we believe in you as a candidate. We believe in our president, our conservative values. And now we're going to put our feet on the ground to make it happen for you. So they give me the energy to keep going and get excited because I know my faith is so excited about this upcoming election. Well, an enthusiastic base does a lot to help energize a candidate. And so it's great to yeah. hear that you have that. And it seems like you found a lot of silver linings uh, through this coronavirus response. You know, uh, obviously you were excited for the opportunity to get uh, more of that campaign experience. Uh, but ultimately, were you were you relieved that it was extended? Obviously not for the reason it was uh, extended, but uh, that you had a little bit more time to continue to, you know, to build your narrative, to let voters know about who Monica is and why they should support your candidacy. Absolutely. So what one of the benefits for us was, was that because we were the only Republican runoff in most of my districts, we were at that point able to raise over $250,000. So we invested it into the campaign and into branding my name and my image. So the other benefit to me with the runoff was that at a time where there were no other Republican candidates out there running, there was actually very few contested Democrat runoffs as well. And the Democrats that were running in their runoffs were not spending the kind of money I was. So the benefit to us was that we were all over the Internet. We invested a lot of money on targeted voter, um, targeted voter marketing online. Uh, we did lots of radio. We did newspaper. We were in all sorts of media getting my name and my face out there. Mm -hmm. And I was the only candidate on the Republican and the Democrat side who did that. So who was spending the kind of money that I was spending. So the benefit to that was that people were hearing, both Republicans and Democrats were hearing my name. They were seeing my face. So by the time we got through the runoff, I had grown that base through all of these mediums. And now when we go block walking, because we're targeting our swing voters, our independents, our Democrat swing voters, and we're knocking on doors and we're asking them, hey, have you heard Monica Bella Cruz Hernandez? I would say seven out of 10 times, the answer to that is yes. And so it gives me that door open to actually talk to people more about who I am and why I'm the right choice in the November election. 
Mm-hmm. And well, with you taking on uh, incumbent Democrat Vicente Gonzalez, you know, uh, name ID is going to be crucial for a candidate. You know, I, I, yeah. I think a lot of people don't realize how much that plays into it. And like you said, with you being the only Republican in that runoff, that is that is a dollar multiplier for a campaign because they're, yeah. you're only competing with your opponent for space. And as long as you're out there sucking up all that oxygen, you you really put yourself into a great space. Spot. So you talked about going out, speaking with voters at the door. Obviously, the name ID is breaking through. But what are the issues that they're specifically talking to you and your supporters about when you are greeting them at the door? So that has changed quite a bit, obviously, from my primary and runoff, because now we're in full coronavirus um, time. Mm-hmm. That being said, that I feel speaking to the voters here in Hidalgo specifically, which is the south side of my district, that number one is a coronavirus, and number two is education. And what you're really fearing, and I think that message is up and down the district, and the fear is, is yes, it's the virus itself, but it is the repercussions of that virus. Here in Hidalgo specifically, we have a um, we have a judge who is put us on lockdown for another three weeks. So people are asking, "What well, does he have that right? Why is he doing that?" I mean, everybody's out and about. It doesn't even seem like people care. And why are people dying here in Hidalgo at a, at a faster rate and a higher rate than anywhere else in our district? So they're questioning those things to me. The second thing is education. Down here in Hidalgo specifically, as a difference from the rest of parts of my district, is we were not giving, given parental choice as to whether our kids should attend school or not attend school. So there are parts of my district on the north side that gave the parents the choice whether they should send their, their kids to school, stay at home, or have a hybrid. Here in Hidalgo, we did not have that choice at all. And parents down here are very, very frustrated because their kids are not able to have the tension span to sit in front of the computer for two, three, four, five hours at a time mm-hmm. on a Zoom call to learn. They don't think it's effective. They don't think that their kids are learning. And they really fear for their children's education at this point. So... Uh- has your opponent, Vicente Gonzalez, been out front on any of these issues and helping respond to, you know, obviously the coronavirus response is the biggest thing that most uh, campaigns are talking about. And if you are an elected official, you're out there talking to voters about what you specifically did. Does he have a record to run on or has Vicente been absent from the district or, you know, allowing his uh, responsibilities to fall by the wayside. Meanwhile, you know, Texans in tech in that district uh, and district 15 are wondering where is the help going to come from? So this has been a really interesting race when it comes to my opponent. And the reason why is because prior to me really winning the runoff, and he won the runoff with 77% of the vote. Vicente Gonzalez was affectionately called MIA Gonzalez, no-show Gonzalez, because you did not see him 
anywhere in our district, not on the north side, not in the middle, not on the south side. Since I have won, and because of the numbers that you see backing me on all of my social media accounts, obviously on a financial way as well, what you're seeing is Vicente Gonzalez stepping out in front of the media cameras, the television cameras, in a big way. And he has been doing that heavily the last two months. I think the reason why he's finally starting to come out of hiding is because he is afraid and scared of the grassroots movement that is building around my campaign. That being said, he's also using our taxpayer dollars to inform constituents in his district through direct mail about the coronavirus. But I have suspicion, because he's never done that before, that he's also trying to get his name in front of people. Now, interestingly enough about Vicente Gonzalez is he spends all of his time when he is out occasionally here in the southern part, which is the Bible. Nowhere else in this district is he seen. He's not seen in Guadalupe County, Carnes County, Wilson County, in any parts of the district. He spends, when he is out, his time in Hidalgo. And the reason why is because in the general election, most of his voter base is down here. But that will change in November, and he is very scared of our campaign force that is coming out because we are flipping voters. Voters are seeing me more than they're seeing him, and they are motivated. And you, when you have a motivated voter, watch out because they will do great things for a candidate. Well, and I want to talk about that because, you know, it's great to hear that your campaign is active. You're energized. You're hearing from uh, constituents and, and voters who, you know, feel like they're underrepresented or unrepresented uh, by Representative Gonzalez. But numbers are numbers. Looking at the primary uh, turnout there in Texas, 15 looks like there's about 16, 18,000 votes between Republicans and Democrats in that district. Uh, you're telling me that you're out there flipping voters, which is great to hear. Obviously, the coronavirus response has been a major motivator for people who were looking uh, at possibly voting Democrat uh, this fall, and they're starting to reconsider that. Um, I, I'm curious, what are some of the other issues or tactics? What are the things that your campaign is using that is working to uh, get more voters on your side? Because you have quite uh, you have quite the ground to make up in order to overcome that vote total. So let me share with you this, is that the biggest, you have to understand my district in order to understand why the March primary numbers are not indicative of what is to happen in November. So let me share that with you. As I mentioned, this district, the heaviest voter turnout and the people that determine who the election war winner is, which election war is in November, is Hidalgo, is this county. Now, when you look at Hidalgo, Hidalgo, when they have a primary, most candidates run on the Democrat ticket. So when you look at judge, when you look at mayor, when you look at any of the representatives, all of them 
are running on the Democrat ticket. So, for example, a Texas House seat that was uh, a Democrat running for, he had four other people that he was running against for this Democrat seat. Now, on the flip side, in Hidalgo, on the Republican ticket, in Hidalgo specifically, there are no contested races. It is very difficult to find quality candidates to fill all of the positions on the ballot. That is sad. That is unfortunate. That being said, in Hidalgo specifically, even conservatives, even Republicans, will vote on the Democrat ticket because if not, they feel their voice will not be heard. They feel that that is where they're able to elect the most conservative Democrat on the ticket, and then they flip the switch to vote red in November. And we hear that over and over and over again. So when you look at the March primary numbers, you cannot compare the March primary numbers to the November election. So let's look at election versus election, general election versus general election. The last Republican candidate who ran for this position, good, hardworking Christian man. That being said, this district itself is 86% Hispanic, this district. This gentleman that was running did not live in the district, did not work in the district, had no ties to this district, okay? And he lived outside this district. That being said, good man, Chris Ray, he served our military, great man, but he had no influence on this district. He also was only able to get garner $25,000 for his candidacy. For a U.S. congressional district, that is not very much money to have your name pushed, mm -hmm. especially when you're not from this district. Mm -hmm. The remarkable thing about it is he only, if he had, he was still able, excuse me, if you can cut that for a second and say, that being said, he was still able to garner 66,000 votes. That is a lot of votes. We're not having any money, not having any name recognition here. 66,000 votes. The difference between those 66,000 votes and the winning number is only 23,000. And I say only because when you replace him with a candidate like me that is born and bred in the Rio Grande Valley, bilingual, Hispanic, small business owner, who's family is a military family who's already raised over $300,000 and has run the campaign that we have run the last eight months. I ask people who donate, do you think I can overcome with all those things? Do you think I can overcome a simple 23,000 vote? And the answer is yes. And the reason why is because I am in this district. I'm born and bred in the Rio Grande Valley. I'm a Hispanic female. And I am the only candidate in the state of Texas that is endorsed by the National Border Patrol Council. And my opponent has towed the line to the liberal left. He has not stood by our National Border Patrol Council. He has not stood by our leader.
know that the Democrat liberal agenda is about defunding our uh, police force, defunding law and order. And so this is the right time to put a candidate like myself that has been able to fundraise the money that we've been able to fundraise and continue to fundraise. And with that, we will overcome that deficit from before and we will win in November. Well, and I'm glad you brought up the liberal agenda, uh, border security, Leo's and all that, uh, you know, going back to the primary, uh, Vicente, uh, kind of made headlines when he decided to back off of his endorsement, of Julian Castro and instead flip flop and back Biden. And he's been, uh, fully behind Joe Biden this entire time. Now that Biden officially has the nomination, Kamala Harris is his VP pick. We know that Joe Biden is listening to everything that Bernie Sanders says, everything that Beto O'Rourke says, right? When Beto says that he's going to come for your AR-15s, you know, he's going to come for your guns, you know, Republicans in Texas believe it, right? Uh, but in that district, do you feel like Vicente's ties to Joe Biden and, you know, now the coastal liberal elites that have joined forces uh, this election cycle, uh, do those voters support Biden and, and this camp or is it more of a conservative uh, community? Like you said, you know, based on those Hispanic roots, I mean, that's an overwhelming uh, Hispanic population. When you consider Texas on the whole, uh, we are a majority minority state, but that being said, you know, these districts vary greatly. So are Hispanics in Texas 15 really buying into the Joe Biden message? And do you think that helps Vicente as he moves forward to November? So here's what Vicente has done uh, on both a national and a local level. So on a national level, he votes liberal. He votes whatever Nancy Pelosi puts in front of him is exactly what he does. Then he comes down to our district and he says, I'm a conservative Democrat. I'm a blue dog Democrat. And that's why it is very important that I fundraise the money that is needed to expose his voting record. Because what he is saying and what he is doing are two very different things. I do not see Vicente Gonzalez standing locally by Joe Biden. He may have supported him in the past, outwardly and verbally, but he has an arm length distance between himself and Joe Biden. And I believe that reason is because he knows that makes him vulnerable to what I can expose him for, which is a liberal agenda, which is taking away your guns as we know it. And Here's what I educate people with is I, I, when I have a conversation about guns and taking away guns, what I tell people is the liberals and the Democrats are hiding with words of uh, helping with gun control, helping to steer violence from guns. You see, the Democrats don't use the word taking away your gun. And so I don't want, uh, my light went off. Yeah. Coming. Hold on one second. We're going to have to pause for a second. Um, 
you know, these liberals do not. There we go. Yeah, there we go. Okay. So basically what I was saying is that the Democrats use the words uh, gun control, helping to steer violence in our schools, away from our schools, away from our communities. So they are very pointed in their message not to use the word take away your guns. And instead they hide it through using words looking like protecting our communities. And so when I talk to voters out there, I tell them any time that we or that the Democrats want to manage gun rights, Anytime they want to control our use of guns or our access to guns, that is what we mean by taking away your guns. Because we should have the right to own our guns without any limitations. And so Vicente Gonzalez has steered away from and moved away from Joe Biden because he does not want to answer those questions especially not in deep South Texas, where we have hunters, we have people who love their guns down here. Well, and you can certainly see how how easily a lot of the Democrats in D.C. have fallen into lockstep with Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, the DCCC, you know, all all the little puppeteers controlling uh, everything right and so it's yeah. I, when you talk to voters it's not hard for them to make that connection and say you know right. down the road when it comes to gun control where is uh vicente gonzalez going to come down clearly wherever nancy pelosi tells him to right uh and so i, I I, I think you're right, and I hope voters in that district are paying attention to that message and understanding that uh, capitulating to Nancy Pelosi and allowing Vicente Gonzalez to continue to just throw their representation uh, by the wayside uh, is foolish. So, uh, But obviously, you have done something to win over the voters in this district, right? You are the Republican candidate. Uh, you know, and talking to you just this a little bit of time, it's been clear that, uh, you know, I follow your social media. I see how active you are. You are out there in the community, Monica. I love seeing active candidates. Um, but I guess uh, the, the question that people who maybe uh, still aren't that familiar with you uh, got to be wondering is why do you think voters are getting behind you? You know, what I hear from voters, the reason they're getting behind me is because I am speaking truth. I'm speaking facts. I'm out in the community. And what they see me truly is, is as a reflection of them. When I go out and I'm block walking and I talk to people, they say, Monica, I just love you because I feel like you're my friend. I feel like I could go out to dinner with you and we could just have a normal conversation. You're normal. You're just like us. And that's why my slogan is the people's voice, the people's choice, because they see me as it should be with the representatives. They see me as their reflection. I'm just like them. I'm a mom. I am a mother of three with three teenage kids. 
I go to work. I think about my small business and how I'm going to pay bills during COVID. I worry about my employees. I worry about the taxes. I worry about who's going to come into my store today. Can we make the payments today? And I think that that really relates with people in this community. When people know that I'm a, I came from a single mom, they understand that. And they say, you know what, I am a single mom. Or my mom raised me as a single mom. And I understand that. When they, when they hear many people, if you're following me, you know this, I don't like eggs. And I, I rarely eat eggs. And the reason why is because I eggs all the time as a kid. Because my mom struggled to put food on the table. And we didn't have meat a lot. And, and they get that. You know, my grandfather picked watermelon. And many people here in Idaho have family who works in the field. And so they truly see that I understand that, that I am one of them. And then when they see me on social media, I often hear, wow, you've got great energy. And if you've got that energy now and you're fighting so hard to get the nation to do the right thing and to do the right thing for our district, I know you're going to fight hard for us when you get to D.C. And I believe that for that reason, that people have really gotten to know me over my social media, that that is why they're following me and they're enthusiastic about their candidate. Well, that's excellent. You know, for those who want to uh, get up, uh, you know, connected to that energy for those who want to join the campaign volunteer you know help propel you past vicente gonzalez and bring some good representation to texas 15 now's your chance where do they find team monica website social media all that stuff excellent thank you so much and let me start this by saying i know that this is a texas group it doesn't matter where you are in the state of texas you can still help you can help us with phone calls through the app that we have. You can be anywhere in the state. You can be in the comfort of your living room. You can physically, obviously, be in our district and do block walking. Contact me through social media, which on Facebook is Monica for FOR Congress. So is my Instagram. My, my Twitter account is Monica, the number four Congress. And my website is simply monica for for congress.us message me let me know you want to help let i would like to share with you that we are the storm coming and when we arrive in november we are going to ride with such force that the dems will have to recognize us and we will get media attention like never before in this district and everybody will know that the silent majority has roared and they have arrived because we will win together in November. Boom. Monica, thank you so much. You Man, you're going off like Kimberly Guilfoyle back there, you know, giving a real impassioned RNC speech. <laughs> My husband says, that's a Latina. That's a Latina. That's a Latina. That's exactly what he said when she heard like oh the few latin girls you know <laughs> uh yeah uh well 
I, I had such a great time talking to you, Monica. Thank you so much. We wish you the best of luck. Uh, I definitely want to give a shout out to Hidalgo YRs for helping connect us. Uh, and we appreciate everything they're doing. Uh, we certainly see the YRs doing their part to, to help you, Monica, to help uh, Dr. Guerra uh, down there in Hidalgo. You know, there's so many great races, so many great Republicans who are stepping up to the challenge. They will not bow to these Democrats and they are going to keep working so monica thank you do not lose that energy we want to see you like a rocket ship all the way through november 3rd uh, we wish you the best of luck thank you so much thank you for the opportunity to speak with y'all we're looking forward to big wins i appreciate you we'll see you down the road thank you have a good evening all right. Thank you again to Monica for joining us. Thank you to you for tuning in. Before we get out of here, of course, I went ahead and kicked our housekeeping to uh, the backside of the show. Of course, I'm dropping stuff. Uh, I wanted to make sure that uh, we let you know about all the fun stuff Texas YRs has going on as we lead up to Election Day. This weekend, we've got a deployment in HD67 for uh, State Representative Jeff Leach, Chairman Jeff Leach, who chairs the Judiciary Committee uh, and is co-chair of the criminal justice reform coalition uh, in the legislature so uh, leading on issues that are very important to YRs he's a YR himself so uh, we want to get out there this weekend also a heads up we've got virtual meet and greets as part of these deployments that are coming up here's the schedule for you real quick uh, on September 15th we will have Mike Schofield who's running down in the Katy area uh, September 22nd, again, these are all virtual meet and greets. Uh, September 22nd with Justin Berry, the Austin police officer who is running in HD 47. This is the western half of Travis County uh, in a seat that we are badly trying to get back. Uh, we we know that Republicans are, and frankly, Texans in general who live in this district or in Travis County are upset about what they're seeing going on with the defunding of the police department, the uh, camping ordinance stuff, uh, you know, the games that are being played uh, as citizens rallied and gathered signatures to get a ballot initiative to restore that camping order. Of course, politics are being played locally. So uh, tangent, I'm no, I'm sorry. Again, September 22nd, Justin Berry, make sure you tune in uh, to that. September 29th, we'll have Morgan Meyer up from the Dallas area. Uh, October 6th, Lacey Hull. And then October 13th, Matt Shaheen, again, up from the North Texas area. So make sure you catch all of those virtual meet and greets. And uh, every one of these virtual meet and greets is a precursor to a statewide deployment. Uh, so if you are not signed up yet, you can see it at the bottom of the screen. Go to texasyr.gop slash deployments. You you can see the full schedule there, get signed up, make sure you take part in the deployment for Dr. John Guerra uh, that's going on next weekend. Uh, that's September 18th through 20th. Again, all of this stuff is available at texasyr.gop slash deployments. Okay. Into my soapbox, Matt Dorsey should be happy. Hayden, uh, tip of the hat to you. Uh, before I get out of here, I also wanted to uh, extend congratulations to the Texas YRs and the committee that put together our convention over Labor Day weekend. Uh, obviously, you folks missed me there. I was at home with the kids getting uh, one last good weekend in before the start of school, but I was watching from home. And I mean, you have to be impressed with the slate of candidates that we have going out there. And then to have our convention uh, 
just so energetic around each of these candidates. I mean, uh, Republicans showed up from the from the area to engage, interact with these different clubs who came together, learn about the candidates that are out there fighting. This includes Genevieve Collins, Will Douglas, which uh, the way his opponent is talking about him is despicable, especially uh, as enlightened as the Democrats seem to be. You think they would uh, take a more professional tone, but I digress. Uh, but again, congratulations to everyone who helped make Make convention possible it was a fantastic event thank you to all the sponsors uh and i guess this is my opportunity to give an acceptance speech for uh my man of the year award uh I, I certainly don't feel like I, I deserve these things. Uh, I'm just out here doing what I feel is necessary to ensure Texas uh, stays on the right path, right? So uh, thank you so much for supporting me. This is a thank you to everyone who has listened to the podcast, everyone who has engaged with our social media, who is following, sharing these activities. Um, you know, for, for me, it's not about being man of the year. For me, it's about making sure that Republicans show up strong this November. Uh, and I am proud to be working with the team here at Texas Young Republicans, Chairman Hayden Pageant, uh, Political Director Matt Dorsey, uh, Policy Director Jason Vaughn, everyone down the list. Uh, I, I cannot be more proud to be working with this group of Republicans. So thank you for doing me the honor, naming me man of the year. Uh, I am humbled by it and I appreciate your confidence in me. Uh, I'm going to do my best to keep up the momentum and making sure that we keep charging in these last 53 days. Again, one more reminder that election day is on Tuesday, November 3rd. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you tune in as always on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We are obviously showing this on Facebook or you can go over, watch it on YouTube. And if you want to be a guest on the podcast, make sure you hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at Big Texas Podcast. For the latest of what's going on with Texas Young Republicans, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Texas YRs. Till next time, friends. We'll see you down the road.